Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm recording. Check, 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 check. Oh, that's how you know. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. And a very, very special. Scythe, Uh the first time we are doing a very special episode of Juan Epp is dead. Right. And it's- you know what's funny? Mm. I've told you this before. I don't like death stuff. Right. I don't like ready to die, life after death. No. Uh, Machiavelli was about him dying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just get weird. I'm, and then us calling this Juan Epp is dead is scaring me. Is it? Because I, I had the same thought. I was like, is Juan Epp is dead? Is that playing with death? Yeah, I don't like it. So, hey, Death, just to let you know, we are playing with a De La Soul album title, not with you. That's a, that is so well said. So we, don't fuck with us. We won't fuck with you. You don't fuck with us. Right. We, we want no issues with you. Yeah. Um, like, yo, why you call out my name? No, we was talking about something no, else. We, and, and, and it's not about us dying. It's about the podcast was dead. Right. Because then I, I brought this up on the Michael K show at some point that it was called Juan Epp is dead. And he was like, well, is that really nice? Because he really is dead. He did die recently. <laughs> and I thought. The guy, did, the, the guy did die recently. I know. And I was like, well, we weren't talking about him either. Yeah. So yeah. just to be, again, so just to be clear to death, we're not playing with you. Um, right. Uh, we are alive and well, and we need you to subscribe. And we need you to follow, and we need you to rate, and we need you to tell your friends that Wanup is back. And this is going to be a big episode. Um, and one of the reasons I thought it was important for Wanup to come back is for moments like this. Mm-hmm. You know, when MF Doom, we found out that MF Doom passed away on New Year's Eve, though his his wife in very Doom fashion announced that it was two months earlier, which I thought was so MF Doom. Um, I thought that's one of the reasons this show is back because we're a perfect place to be able to do a full retrospective. Like I remember when when Mac Miller passed away, I was doing my complex show, 
mm-hmm. and and I demand it, and you'd be shocked, Syph, at how difficult it was to make this happen. Uh-huh. I was like, we're doing a whole show about Mac Miller. Right. And I had to fight with people. Right. Like not, I was like, guys, what are we for if not this? If not that. And, and it ended up doing great, and people loved it, and his family loved it, and the artists loved it. And guess what? It was the only place it happened. Right. There was no right. other place for a, an hour-long special on Mac Miller. So we're going to do our best to um, talk about MF Doom, who's such a part of the, the culture of the kind of people who love Juan Epps. So without any further ado, Saif, perfect way to start. Mm-hmm. Maybe a man who's as synonymous as anyone with the origins of MF Doom, not mm-hmm. Zev Love X, but of mm-hmm. MF Doom, mm-hmm. would be the man who partnered with him to put out music on his indie label, Fondalum, going back to the straight Cypher Sounds Fat Beats days. Uh-huh. And that would be Bobito Garcia, who at some Whoa. point, oh yeah. We got to start with the heavy hitters. Whoa. Whoa. You know? And and Stretch and Bob are back um, yet again. Stretch and Bob are dead. Stretch and Bob. Yo, they, the only people who have more iterations of their show. <laughs> than us is stretching Bob. Now they're back with Apple Music. They're releasing their classic hidden freestyles um, that have never been released. There he is. Yo, yo, what up? Bobito. What up, fellas? Bob, well, thank you thank you for yeah. making time, man. We really appreciate you because it's kind of hard to have this conversation without having your voice, so we really appreciate you. Nah, I mean, you know, look, the whole last 48 hours has been hard, but, you know, yeah. there's been beautiful spots in between as well, you know, just seeing like the 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 avalanche of of doom love, um, you know, online and and uh, you know, in comments from things that I posted and and uh, you know, people hitting me up separately, you know, DMs and text and you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's it's always weird when someone passes, right? Because it's like you want them to get acknowledged. You also want to have your space to grieve, but then you mm-hmm. also kind of like don't want to be overwhelmed with it. And, you know, when you're a public figure, you don't really have a choice with that. And then when the person who passes is also a public figure, yeah. you really don't have a choice with that. So I've just and tried to find this, a, Yeah, sorry. There's also this weird level of like, you don't want to be disrespectful, but someone like me who wasn't a super MF Doom fan, I kind of want to hear why... Everybody loved them so much, but I don't want to be disrespectful in this time where everybody's grieving, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why okay. I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this, Saif, because I thought you would be the perfect person. Like, I'm I'm like a middle ground MF Doom nerd. Um, we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have some other people on later who are higher level MF yeah. Doom nerds. Like my brother's mm-hmm. a huge Doom nerd. Just mm-hmm. Blaze may be the biggest. Um, but Bob Beto, I know that I was watching an interview with Doom, and he talked about you very lovingly and talked about how you guys met uh, when you were working at Def Jam um, through Search. So tell us about getting to meet uh, Doom, or at that time, Zev Lovex, or whatever version you met of the man we know as MF Doom. No, no doubt. Um, I mean, very fond memories of that era, uh, because he was a kid, you know, him and Subrock, his brother, were in KMD. Uh, We all did the Gatsby's video together. But even prior to that, I mean, you know, Search knew them, and then uh, Pete got really great uh, relationship, um, you know, through the third base connection as well. And um, you know, it was just all—it was just a great time for all of us because, 
you know, for me, like I had just started working at Def Jam. So the whole, you know, experience of being inside, uh, not just the culture, you know, I mean, I grew up with the culture, but now I was inside the industry. And, you know, they, they had a freshness to them. You know, I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember being on Broadway at 8th Street because Def Jam was, was on Broadway and Bleecker. And, um, and, and Doom went and bought these like pajama pants and like, they were like plaid and, you know, they, they were nothing I would have ever thought to purchase, but he looked so fly in them. <laughs> I was like, yo, they're going to get a pair too. You know, he, him and his brother, they just had like flavor, you know? And, um, so early on, uh, you know, the, the relation, the friendship was just, you know, just hanging out with, with the group doing shows um and then that blossomed into more because eventually me and pete started Happel records but we also started hit you off management and when kmd unfortunately got uh let go by electra um you know me it was me and pete who were trying to get them another deal and we tried to sign them to Hapo you know, through our, our distribution deal with Columbia and, and you know, anything that we signed had to be approved, right? So that- This is, that, this is Pete Nice you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Pete okay. Nice, third base, uh, Def, Jam, Def Jam recordings. Um, uh, and so it was frustrating for us because, you know, we loved uh, Doom and, and um, you know, and Subrock and, and and Onyx, the other, the other member um, of the crew. And, uh, you know, we love their music as well. And we wanted to just see them through. Um, but we were just uh, getting roadblocks, you know. Dante was frustrated. Dante Ross at Electra, you know, when this group got uh, dropped. Uh, Doom was frustrated. You know, we were all frustrated. Um, and I don't remember the chain of events, but then his brother passed, you know. Uh, I think I think Subrock passed towards the end of recording black bastards right i don't it's all blurry to me you know it's like i think i think i saw doom yeah i think i saw doom say that he finished the album after sub rock was was gone what were what what were they like personality wise at that point like they were super five percent in in content and they they weren't they were answer laws just a different ah uh, thank you Different sect, um, but very okay. similar to Five Percenters. Um, okay, you know it's like an offshoot of the Nation of Islam, um, and uh, the Ansar Laws. I, I can't tell you much, but you can look it up. Um, or your brother, your brother who's the super nerd. Can, <laughs> can, can but like, was it. that was that a big, was that a part of what his, their his personality was like back then? Like, what was he? like as a dude back then and and was it much different than he eventually was or was he always kind of the same the same guy nah doom to me you know doom was always a quirky creative mind i mean you know there's there's it's not like like when you hear early kmd later kmd and then mf doom there's a consistency. I mean, there's there's a definite departure in tempo and uh, production style, um, but you can still hear elements. Every element of MF Doom you can hear in early KMD. Um, and so, I mean, personality-wise, he was he's always 
been the same. I mean, you know, clearly though, after his brother passed, uh, you know, th that that was a blow that I don't think, this is just me talking, you know, my interpretation, I don't think he ever recovered from. Um, mm. You know, so, uh, you know, there were parts of him afterwards that were heavy, you know, whereas my recollections of him prior to Subrock passing um, were all light, you know, like really lighthearted. I mean, you know, he liked, he liked uh, alcohol, he liked to, to smoke, you know, I didn't, I didn't participate in any of that stuff. So I just, you know, would hang out. I mean, he loved hanging out with George, curious um on the block 97th street they sleep over there all the time um where, where were they from uh, you know that's funny i never knew where they were from they're from long beach um uh, out in queens long island you know mm. um yeah that's that's their whole uh their whole uh gyp posse that's a, the get yours posse um that was their whole click and uh yeah i mean they definitely had a science to it uh I mean, them being answer our laws, I mean, no different than, you know, anybody who we know who's a five percenter or who is, you know, a member of the nation of Islam, you know, they they have their religion, they have their beliefs, but that doesn't mean that they don't joke around and, you know, and and have fun and you know what I mean? Like it's not he was a kid, you know, he was a kid, he was affable, amicable, likable, brilliant, and um, you know, anyway. Those are all the qualities that I remember of, of Doom, you know, in those early years. You, you said something interesting about uh, Sub Rock because my made up sort of version of the Doom character was that he sort of reemerged um, as as Doom. But you know, I was watching his interview with Chairman Mao, and he talked about how Doom was always there, and he was always planning on doing that, and him and Sub Rock were going to do solo projects but when when chairman mao kind of uh asked him about the passing of sub rock and how he dealt with it his response um you know it was hard to to watch it and think that um the answer that he gave was you know it was the answer that he wanted to give publicly which is that he kept it moving and he had to be the man of the family he was the oldest son and mm -hmm. he just kept it moving and kept working he did not go into depth about grieving and how hard it must be to lose your little brother who you're in a group with. Mm -hmm. So I always thought also, Bob, that that was like a deep part of his story. So as someone who's close to him, it's interesting to hear you say that you don't think he ever got over it because I always assumed that was a deep part of who he went on to be. Like he was deeply affected by the loss of his brother. Sure. Uh, you know, understand this though i mean uh, somebody hit me up like three months ago like oh i'm doing a doom doc and i'm like i was like uh have you spoken to doom they were like nah you know don't don't go doing a documentary without the authorization of the person who mm. who you're doing it about when they're alive you know um and what i let him know was that look doom is a very private dude and he loves being mysterious so maybe he doesn't want a documentary about him you know right um yep and you know his his answer to chairman mao who's a brilliant interviewer um i'm, I'm not surprised to hear that whatsoever you know mm -hmm. um because you know that's listen any of us who who 
have dealt with death. You know, we all deal with it in different ways. You know, and um, and again, like when you're a public figure, you got to really draw the the balance or draw a line, a boundary of how deep you're going to go with somebody in an interview. Um, you know, sometimes, like if I was interviewing him, that answer might have been completely different. We have a different right, relationship, right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course. So, you know, it's all it's all a matter of the time, the place, the platform. But it's not incorrect to to think that the loss of Sub Rock always played sort of a a big part in his in his uh, development as an artist and person. I I, I would you said not incorrect. I, I don't want to. I can't. I can't confirm because I can't speak for Doom. You know, I'm just right, saying. Right. In in my estimation, in my humble opinion, that's what I think. You know, so it's, a very, I, it's a very clean answer, Bob. Thank you. Super clean. Uh, <laughs> the king of clean. So, ta- no, so I, how know, do we... I know how it is to be talking about other people's, you know, m- memories and 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 their train of thought. You know, it's yeah. Not, and no one wants to place, but... right. No I'm, I'm, to I'm literally like fascinated by all the stuff I've been hearing. I mean, I always knew about MF Doom mm-hmm. and what he meant to certain people. I just the music just didn't grab me, but like. I hate that I'm learning all this stuff because he passed away, but it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating, all mm-hmm. this stuff I'm hearing. Yeah, he is one of, that's the thing, he is one of the most interesting characters of all time, and his influence is so broad, like from the Andre 3000s to most deaths to Tyler to the Tyler the Creator. Like, basically, the best artists of the last generation or two all seem to be influenced by Doom. Mm-hmm. Um how did you get so so the first release on um Fondulum, um the Dead Bent single? Mm-hmm. Um was that the first one? Yeah, Hey and Dead Bent. Um So you want to complete your question? <laughs> well, yeah, how, how yeah, exactly. How did we get there? So how do we end up yeah. getting to that release and and, well, and lo- what were your guys like expectations? Yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but basically I started um my my label Fondulum in 1995. And the first release was the Cenobites, Cool Keith and Godfather Dawn. Um, that was distributed by Rich King, who was at Big Daddy at the time in New Jersey. He was the one that funded it, actually. And, um, you know, uh, subsequently, him and Joe Bajian, who was the founder of Fat Beats Record Store, uh, collaborated on the formation of Fat Beats Distribution. Now, once Fat Beats mm. started, I left Big Daddy because basically Richwood was at Fat Beats. And so, okay, cool. I'm going to rock with you. You're the dude who started started me putting out records. Um, now I'm funding my own records. I don't need I don't need him to to back it. But, um, you know, it, be, it became a beautiful relationship. Because of that and because of the, the, indie, um, the indie labels that followed, right? So, like, I started in 95. In 96, you got – in 97, you got – 96, 97, 98, you got Def Jokes, you got Eastern Conference, you got um, ABD, you got Stone's Throw. And now all of a sudden, like, you got this real pool of incredible um, music that's being uh, put out without anyone thinking like, oh, my God, I, I got to put out this record because it's going to get picked up by a major. No, it's like now, like, Fat Beats is it's not the major, it's an independent distributor, but it's it's powering through and getting these 12 inches, you know, to 
to around the world. And you know, then there's there's uh there's shows coming out of it. I mean, it's you know, it's like this whole ecosystem that was built yeah. out of it. Now, Curious and Doom always stayed cool, right? So in, when when Doom kind of went dark, you know, after KMD got dropped and his brother passed and everything, and nobody was really hearing any music, he was making. He was still playing stuff for Doom for George, and so George told Doom, "Yo, Bob got this new indie label called Fondalum. Why don't you hit him up with the demos?" That's what you know. Me and Doom always had a beautiful friendship, so that's what he did. And once I heard Hey and Deadbent, um, which may have been recorded at Stretch's crib, actually, um, me and Stretch weren't roommates at that point, so I didn't know everything that was going on. But um, uh, yeah, I was like, "Yo, this is incredible!" And so I started playing the demos on the radio, uh, probably in '96, and then. Um, MF Doom was the eighth release on my label. So I had put out uh, The Arsonist, um, Juggernaut, Sai Yeshuata D, Lord Seer, Mr. Live, Cage, um, and then Doom was was the eighth release. So, you know, like coming out the box, like he's already on a label that is making noise on the indie, like super underground scene. Um, and a lot of people didn't connect him to Zev Love X and KMD when I first put out that 12 inch. They had no clue. I wasn't writing one sheets. I didn't have a PR team. I didn't have marketing promotions. It was just like the 12 inch just came out, right? But, but it merited people's attention right off the bat. Um, and the success of that 12 inch led to us uh, releasing other 12 inches and then eventually put out when you say um, when you say success of that first one what what was the success back then how many i did mean you move? yeah we probably sold like i don't know two thousand three thousand copies you know so that That's meant crazy. that meant that we made our money back yeah. um and you know i was a fool uh every label hated me but i was given doom and arsonists and juggernauts and cool keith and godfather all of them 50 percent of their profits that was unheard of at the time yeah. that was unheard of at the time but the reason why i did it because i wasn't spending any money on promotions and marketing and publicity i was just putting dope records out and you know me and stretch's radio show was the publicity like yeah of course you got played on our show that you was going to sell out you was going to sell out at, at fabby's the yeah. next on Friday morning after our show, people be like, "Yo, we heard it on Stretch and Bob last night." So, you know, and then once it sold out at Fat Beats, and you know, the one stop in in Germany, and the one stop distributor in J Japan was like, "Oh, yo, we're selling at Fat Beats. We can move it." So, you know, that's that's what I'm talking about this whole ecosystem. And I'm going on tangents, yeah. but I'm trying to create this sort of this this show this, is for tangents. Yeah, yeah that's what we're for. Please tangent But but I <laughs> but I'm saying for people to understand the era they got to understand you know what it was like absolutely how people heard music so yeah. yeah we put out some more 12 inches he got excited that you know things were moving he was making money you know uh, he was getting heard um 97 uh he comes up to the radio show and freestyles on me and stretch you know which had we had a, a long list of people who came to our show before they were known or signs or anything um, so he was very happy about that, you know, um, and, uh, and then MF Doom was born, you know, and eventually, uh, we put out, uh, uh, Black Bastards, uh, 
Ruffs and Rares. We put out a couple of um, singles off the album. Um, and then everything led up to, to Doomsday. So over a three-year period. And that's the first album on the label, right? Not exactly. Juggernauts was an album. Um, oh, yeah. they. Like, I see that. Juggernauts yeah. was all the way back in 96 you did one. Okay. Yep. And uh, Cenobites was an EP, you know, but it could be con- construed as an album. Um, but, yes, Operation Doomsday was the first, uh, like, album that I released not only with artwork, because everything else was just white label, but also on CD, which I was, you know, I was straight analog cat, you know, like trying to uh, evangelize, you know, in, in that decade as people were turning to CDs and eventually, you know, Serato and all these other things. I was like, nah, vinyl is, is the warmest place that you can. So I didn't want to do CDs. You know, if people wanted to hear this dope music, they had to buy it on vinyl. And if they didn't, then they just didn't hear it. And that was their prerogative, you know? So mm-hmm. I wasn't catering that- to people. I was like having people cater to me, basically. Um, now I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to play something here. This may be a disaster, Sif, but let's give it a shot. Let's see, <laughs> let's, let's see if you guys can hear it and if it works. Hey yo yo, y'all can't stand right here. In his right hand was your man's worst nightmare. Loud enough to burst his right ear drum close range. The game is not only dangerous but it's most strange. I sell rhymes like dimes. The one who mostly keep cash but brag about the broker time. Joker rhymes like the issue just having to see me trick. Classical slapstick rappers need chapstick. A lot of them sound like they're in a talent show, so I give them something to remember like the Alamo. Tally ho, a hot joker like Space Game. Came back for five years, laying the stage, the same set. Electromagnetic feeling blocks all logic. Spock and G-Shocks, a biological clock. When I hit it, slid it to the shit, I thought I killed a goose. Her power use was pure brittle water, filter juice. Keep a pen like a fiend, keep a pipe with him. Gentleman who lent a pen to a friend who write with him. Never seen this shit again, but he's still my dunny. The only thing that come between us is money. money. Krill and money. The 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 the. the, (laughs) I know I've asked you about this before, um, Mm -hmm. in interviews, but you're you appear on that record. I do. Sife, do you know? Sife, actually, you probably would love this. Sife, and you may not know it. Let me play you some of uh, (laughs) DJ Cucumber (laughs) Slice's ad libs here at the end. So, so take us through rhymes like dimes. It it may be his one of his most beloved records. It certainly is for me. So take us through making that record. Yeah, you know, it used to be Hey and that Ben for me too, because that was like how it all started. But then I would say rhymes like dimes has has been the most enduring. I mean, I've I've even played it in my DJ sets around the world. But basically. I, <laughs> I remember Doom showing up to my crib. I lived on 325 East 14th Street between 1st and 2nd to give you a place. Fat Beast was at 323 East 9th Street, right? So it was like, there was a lot of things going on on those on those blocks. But Doom did not have the Quincy, Jane, Quincy Jones record, which is not rare. So he hit me up and was like, yo, can I come by your crib? Loop up 100 ways. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? He shows up with the sampler, 
sets it up, connects it to my mixer. I had a. Uh, oh, he brought the sampler to the crib. He brought the sampler to the crib. I had a Gemini twenty two hundred at the time. You remember those cipher? Yeah. Um, I had like with the wood panels on the side, like old yeah. Yeah. old ass mixer. Mm. And um, you know, he played. He remember exactly where it was. Pulled it out. Boom. He looped it up. Then like. 10 minutes you know the beat was on and and uh he didn't do the rhymes in my crib but then he had a mic and he was like yo say something at the end of the record i was like what for <laughs> like, you said it before the re- before his vocals were done you were just doing ad-libs at the end yeah yeah yeah, yeah he was so like, you don't nah, even know what the record is about i don't even know i don't even know what the record is going to become i don't remember him telling me the title nothing he was just oh, like yo hilarious. just talk smack at the end of the record and that's, that's why, I, like, so literally, cool. you hear me say, like, oh, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm yeah. that's that was done in <laughs> in, in one take, Cypher and Peter, one take. It's just like, and, and, and it's distorting. Like, you hear it peaks. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it was like completely just amateur home demo, like literally bedroom recording. Like, I literally was sitting on my bed when I did that. I didn't even stand up. If you look at Vibe Magazine, Soundcheck, my Soundcheck column, there was a picture of me and Pam Grier sitting on my bed. It's exactly where I was sitting when I did that. <laughs> For those who don't um, know. And, and how, did, uh, how did Operation Doomsday end up doing uh, for you guys? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, it was, there's a whole nother part of the story, right? It's like around 97, Blake Lethem gets released from prison. Now, Blake Lethem was also Lord Scotch, a.k.a. Keo, um, a.k.a. Kid Benetton, um, who was a member of the Servant Generals, um, an MC group from the 80s uh, that included Pete Nice from Third Base. And, mm. you know, Pete Nice and Search, you know, had long told me about the influence of Blake on their careers. Um, I mean, I you know, I don't, I don't know for certain, but he's he's definitely the first white cat that I ever knew of that rhymed, you know? And that was nice, like ran with Bismarcky, like, you know, new bad, big, supposedly battle Big Daddy Kane at Albie Square Mall, like, so like Blake comes to Footwork, my store on 9th Street, which was where Fabius used to be. And he steps in, he's like, yo, what's up? You know, whatever, whatever, I know who he is. You know, I've seen pictures of him all, all decades so we just hit it off, you know, and he actually lives down the block. He lives on second street and, um, and second Avenue. So now he's coming over to, to footwork all the time. And, and my store footwork, we didn't just sell sneak, sneakers and, and records. We used to have black books and markers. So it was like a little quasi meeting point for, for graffiti writers. Now, Blake is just back from up North and you know, he's showing me his artwork and stuff and his graffiti pictures and, you know, from back in the 80s. I'm like, yo, this is dope. And so I don't recall why, but I was like, yo, B, like, why don't you do the artwork for for MF's wow. um, album? And he had, mm, he had wow. never, he had never done any, like, art outside of, like, you know, uh, commissioned murals you know you know so i basically start blake 
it's not just a story about doom right so i, I give blake that he didn't even know how to do graphic design i think he told me at right. one point that like he actually learned how to let do a layout for this album because i gave him the opportunity and then like since i mean you know blake has done i mean, he's he was involved with doom's uh nike sneaker um that never came out a lot of, that's a whole another story um he was he's been he he redid he did the artwork for um that seven inch uh limited edition box that um what's that label and uh, get uh in boston get on down get on down yeah they, they did that like dope color vinyl seven inch box he did that i mean he, you know he's done a lot of stuff and he became super tight with doom all these years i mean he visited doom this year you know and not a lot wow. it's like less than a handful of people that, that could say that um so yeah anyway so blake did the the doomsday uh artwork you know he did the 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 um the drawing the leather style everything you see him on the back of the um on the back of the album you know he gets credited and uh and doom shots him out um what's his full what's blake's full name again blake and then the last name is Lethem, l-e-t-h-e-m he's actually the younger brother jonathan Lethem, who's pulitzer prize award-winning author who wrote fortress of solitude created blake is a is a subject in and of itself you know his right. his history as an MC and as a graffiti writer but he's on he's on instagram is uh i think keo x-men k-e-o x-men and he's been posting a lot of photos of, of him and doom uh oh, i see him yeah um you know over the last few days but um in any event so i mean you know between the artwork and between you know the the record um yeah it got a great response i don't remember anybody writing about it you know, I don't remember, I don't think we sold more than like two or 3,000 copies, you know? And then that was it. Like, that piece was like, oh, we're not getting any more orders. All right, cool. So you're not gonna, we're not going to repress it. And then in 2001, I just decided it's a dead envelope. Like, either you got it or you didn't, right? And, you know, me and LP, uh, who now is with Run the Jewels, but back then was with Company Flow. He had his own label, Def Jugs. So we did a compilation called Farewell Fondulum in 2001. And I told Al with no agreement, I was like, yo, I'm never going to put out a Fondulum record again. This is this is the Def Jokes Times Fondulum collaboration, which I thought was lovely because like, we were both like these indie labels that really carried the ba the banner uh, throughout the 90s for a lot of other, you know, a lot of the other labels to to be inspired and, and think that they could do this. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then that was it. Then that was it. Now here's the crazy thing, right? Is that here we go. Um, hold on. Decline this. Um, the crazy thing well, you is have that two phones. I got, yeah, I got my lap, Bob, got my man. laptop open, sorry. Because I remember when you never had a phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know. I've only had a phone for six years. Um, that's not <laughs> not a joke. Literally. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm I know. My son, when my son turned one years old, I got a phone. Um, not even when he was born. Nah, when not he even when he was born. One. Yeah, when he turned one. <laughs> when he started walking, basically, that's when I got a phone. <laughs> but um, so so I did. So I did Fondulum. I did Doomsday. I did Cenobite. Everything. Like I'm just not replacing anything. It's just, you know, I go to a one record stop and they they sell inside side Yeshwater Poi the original pressing for like sixty dollars. Juggernauts for seven. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. cool. You know, yeah. classic. Um, shit. but then so Subverse is 
uh, Big Justice label, who was a who was the uh, you know the other member of co Company Flow, he licenses he licenses Operation Zoom Day from MF Doom in like I don't know early two thousands, and and then since I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, them Doom winds up on a cover of Spin Magazine some years later, like you know I got like like my son's. Uh, uh, like um, my homegirl that takes care of my son sometimes, and she's like in her mid twenties. She's like, "Yo, I love MF Doom." I'm like, "Really?" She's like, "Do you know my?" She's like, "Nah." Like, "What you know about Doom?" And I'm like, "Oh, word." Like, <laughs> Excuse you. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah. I know. I know a little something. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I put out all his first uh, records. You ever heard someone say mashed potatoes at the end of a song? <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Um. <laughs> But to me, it's been phenomenal, like to see, you know how how he's endured and how big he's become and how influential and you know and then, yo I didn't I'm even gonna... know yo I'm gonna tell y'all something serious man like yo yeah. I didn't even know how I went I went to see like the post that, that Jasmine put up about his passing and I so I like I heard it was on Instagram so I like, go to Instagram MF Doom. You know, I hadn't, I had, I had no clue. You know, like half a million followers. I'm like, holy schmack! Like this yeah, is crazy. Yeah, yeah. This dude is has so much love worldwide. Like I, I said no, I had no idea. Like I knew he was rocking on, like, you know, as an indie underground artist and all that stuff. And I knew, you know, people to come up to me time to time who know. The history to be like, yo, wow, that's so dope that you put him out of work. Good looking. Yeah, yeah. But um, yo, know, I had no idea how big MF Doom was. It's just it's 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 so it's it like a... it's like it's just it's like this weird like like it's like it's joyful and then it's like sad. And I have to think that like sums up like my whole you know relationship with Doom. It's like it's joyful and it's sad, you know? It's like yeah, it's crazy. I I feel this. I feel the same way. Um, whenever I see uh how Run the Jewels is so big, like, like seeing LP get the credit he I thought he deserved back in '98. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's really beautiful to watch. Like me and LP's connection is like nerd fat beat shit mm -hmm. and raucous shit, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. to watch him with the you know the biggest of the big in the in the biggest arenas rocking yeah. is, is is great yeah. someone like me who's not uh an mf doom aficionado what was it about him that made his music so cult like with the cult like following i mean i think what it do you think? What do you i think, think i think doom appealed to and you got to think about the context and where Hey and Dead Ben. I'm going to use those as, as an example, right? Think about the context of when they were made, right? Mm -hmm. It's everything against what it's like so counter intuitive to what was being made. Like, you know, you think about rap in 96, um, that's, you know, it's becoming popular and blowing it's up. Puffy, it's, Puffy, like becoming like the. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's very it's very uh, clean. Um, you know, there's all of a sudden there's less samples. You know, you think about the MX yeah. coming out being getting big, like now it's like keyboard and 
Um, yeah. And then you also got to think about, I mean, how much hip hop, I mean, also think about like P-Rock, Premier and Large Professor, Q-Tip, you know, what they were doing with filtering bass lines and then adding horns. And, you know, it was like this real, uh, you know, hip hop production had become really complex at, this, at the yeah. same time, like really polished as well. Right. And so like against all that, you have Doom who's like, like deliberately not, it wasn't like he couldn't do clean. He, you know, you listen to Nitty Gritty, you listen to Plumskins, you listen to World War Three. I mean, it was all like incredibly well-produced records, right? But when he does MF Doom, the production is, this is not being critical, it's, it's like in the best, in the best uh, complimentary form, but it was sloppy. It was delivered. Yo, 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 it was- Bob, it's so crazy you said that. I sat there on my live the day he died trying to talk about it, mm-hmm. and the exact same hesitation you had, I had, and then the word I used was sloppy. Mm-hmm. It was this, like, intentional sloppiness. Mm-hmm. Even on Rhymes Like Dimes, the mic quality, this everything about it has this looseness to mm-hmm. it that's so different than the polishness of the, the, the era at the time. Yep. That's you hit it on the head. So, and I think that's what he appealed to, like the common denominator. Um, because then he starts selling records, but he doesn't depart from that. Right? He sticks with that. It's like you know, a lot right. of times you see artists develop um, in a certain direction uh, when they start selling records, and they lose like sort of the foundational qualities that they had that that made us love them. And, and Doom you know, to my knowledge, God, just he just didn't lose that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even some of the, like, like he had a cadence and a flow, right? That was very unique. But even you, you listen to some of his later stuff, like he, st- he like intentionally goes off beat, not like the way that Farrell Monch goes off beat, but like he's, he's literally off. He's, his delivery is off. And in most cases, you can look at an MC and be like, yo, like he, his producer's not staying on no top rhythm. of him. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah like, yeah. but Doom would do it. He doesn't have a pocket, right? He's out of pocket, right? You know, and but Doom would do it and like, you wouldn't be mad at him. You'd be like, oh, he just went off beat. And I think he's, he really did. I think he really did that on purpose. Like, he knows how to sound like he's beat. playing jazz kind of. Yeah, yeah. And I think so, you know, um, I mean, of course, you know, the whole character. And then when he, when he start when he stopped doing shows without the mask on, like that just led to a, I mean, you think about, I was talking to Pete last night, Pete Nice. And it's insane, you know, like, imagine if those labels that we approached after KMD got dropped was like, yeah, yo, we're going to put out Black Bastard. Imagine how many records he would have sold all these years later had mm-hmm. you know a major you know really gotten behind him and yeah. you know and said like you know yeah he wants to do this mf doom thing and he wants to i do don't camp. know bob i don't i don't know it I might mean, have been you, you don't maybe know because they didn't maybe because they didn't is what I, created the, you, the you, you're right you're right you know we, I, we, you know you never we, know but you never you never know and, and it's, it's but you're talking here. about how popular he was no it's with, neither it's wow. neither it's neither here nor there but yeah. Suffice to say, clearly he was a visionary, and clearly, yeah, 
the people around him who believed him and him, you know, myself included, not to pat myself on the back, but like we were all visionaries, right? Like we saw something well, that was don't special. Don't fondle your own balls. <laughs> He's fine. Fondle them. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you saw it so early, like, it's amazing. And honestly, like, it feels like, you know, people started to get down, you know, at the beginning. But, like, I remember the Operation Doomsday vinyl being available when it came out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now the, now the cheapest you can find it on Discogs is $650. Really? And, 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 and then in the – I feel like Doom didn't hit his stride from a popularity standpoint until post-Mad Villainy. You know, that's really, I feel like, when he hit his cultural, you know, real gusto was probably close to 10 years after you guys started. Mm. Like, it was a continuous grow. Mm. And and I, I um, one thing that I love about Doom is that I feel that to be a Doom fan required a certain level of effort, mm-hmm. you know, paying attention, finding out where his releases would be, finding out where his shows would be yeah. he that he and he and he by the way as you know better than anyone is no dummy like he no, also knew that the, that the mask yeah he was calculated he knew the mask was a dope move mm-hmm. that it was all a dope mm-hmm. move mm-hmm. in addition to the art being so he had this incredible mix of like art that was loose and spontaneous mixed with a brand that's honestly a fire brand mm-hmm. And goes like he and just, goes back to the pajama pants he bought on Eighth Street <laughs> and Broadway. Like yo. I'm just telling you, like he had him and Subrock had like they just had a different look to them. They always had that different. Like he was never like the I'm just gonna wear a champ hoodie and 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 some some Gap jeans and and a and some Chuck you know Timberland Chuck like or Air Force Ones. You know what I mean? Like he was always like some on some different. It's different. It's mm. different. So. Before before we let before we let you go, mm-hmm. um, I, you said one thing I want to ask you, and I know it may be a tough question, but you said it, so I, I feel obligated to mm-hmm. ask. You said that when you think about your relationship and the history with Doom and Doom as a guy, you said the words that come to mind are joyful and sad. Mm-hmm. What what so what exactly do you mean? What is the what is that dichotomy? You're such a good interviewer. Thank you. So good. Thank you. Well, he said it. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it had a lot of ups and downs, you know, um, me and Doom's relationship had ups and downs, you know, as one would imagine, you know, um, and it was always only love, you know, but there was some, there was some difficult moments as well. Um, and uh, he was just a complex character, you know? Um, but when I think about joyful and sad, I think, you know, I mean, you know, members of his family, I don't know. If, see, I don't know how much Jasmine wants the public to know. So I got, it's like, just, yeah, right. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. be mindful. Of yeah. Course. I got to be mindful. So, you know, sub rock passing wasn't the only tragedy that he's experienced in his life. Mm. And and some of that that is known. They were public about um, the the loss of his child. Uh, okay, I know that was out yeah. there as well. So yeah. you know, imagine losing your brother, and you. I mean, you know, we all deal with that. But you know, when you lose a child, like it's just like I don't, I don't even want to think about that. Right. So you know, I don't know. 
you know, I mean, he has his music to, there's so much I could say, but there's so so much I can't say because I just want to be respectful to the family. So, of course, you know, there's a lot, you know, people didn't know where he lived. I knew where he lived, you know. Right, but most people didn't. I mean, like, listen, this is a man, all the years I've been doing this stuff, I've never been in the same room with him ever. Really? Like, he, he never. I've never seen him. I've never been in a room with him. The only people I knew who, like, were actively around him was like when Bishop Nauru made his album with him he went and spent a lot of time mm-hmm. with him but for the most part I mean you know a, a story I'll tell later I, this is a guy who was presented like to work with Andre 3000 and was like yeah I mean if he's got a bag you know like he wasn't running to go work with anyone mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. doom was he was doomed yeah. and so obviously yeah I, I hear you Bob that like an artist like that you don't just become a genius like that without being a complex person as well. Yeah. That's part yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah, I just, I just over the years, I've been told so many things that I were so confidential that I was just fine. Like, okay, all right, I got you. And I don't remember what was told to me that was supposed to be confidential, kept confidential, what wasn't. But mm. suffice, you know, suffice to say, I mean, he's he's had a lot of, a lot of uh, quandaries to face. You know, so, um, but on the same token, you know, he was making music that made a lot of people happy. So, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, you know, he'll be missed. He'll be missed. I was, I was punched in my face when uh, I received a text. It was like, Bob, I'm so sorry. I'm like, nah, nah. Like, nah, nah, it's true. Like, nah, don't tell me that. And, you know, did you find out prior to December 31st or did you find out when everyone else nah, found, I found out on December 31st, just like everybody else. Then I spoke to two people who knew since October and had sworn to not to tell anybody. So I had to like, mm. you know, I mean, so them they almost had to relive the news of him being right. lost once it became public right. because then everybody yeah, was, was not everybody, but the people that knew that their relationship to doom you know had they had they like to like retell it so you know it was a lot of a lot of heavy crying and and um you know but yeah i was i was actually i was listening to me and stretch's apple music hits radio show and in the middle of it Mm. like there was like a group that was like you know chatting about um our show on ig that i was like responding to and then someone was like oh wow doom died like like just in, in like passing, you know, like, oh yeah, Doom, I think Doom died. And right. Like, is it true? And like, then I was like, I was just like, ah, you know, another like Doom uh, mystery or, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, uh, then my homegirl from NPR, Abby O'Neill, she texted me at Stretch and she was like, yo, I'm so sorry. And then it was like, then it became a little more real. And I was like, nah. And she was like, nah, Bob. She was like, it's true. And then, like, I had to, like, just do one more fact check. And it was, like, once I read it, I was, like, wait, what? And then, you know, yeah. Well, listen, Bob, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for, for coming on. And nah, talking no, no doubt. Like, like I said, no doubt. you're instrumental in it, as you are in so many things. So yeah. we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no it. doubt. And I uh, appreciate y'all giving, let me, again, like, I think uh, it was y'all and, um, and Reggio say, rest in peace, another cat we lost. Uh, aka combat jack like i didn't this whole podcast world like i had no clue about it i didn't even know what a podcast yeah. was and 
Yeah. I think Reggie was uh, Combat was the first one, and then y'all had me on. No, no, no. And uh, oh, that you can that you went on Reggie's yeah, show well, first. Hold, hold on, hold I, on. I, I don't remember who show I went on first, but it was like right around the same time. But y'all, y'all just started. I like I was so used to doing radio. You know, was, I thought we were going to talk for like two, three minutes. And then like all of a sudden, yeah, we're talking for like, I know, you're like what is this? an hour. Oh, no, it was when um doing it in the park. Pick up basketball. Yep, NYC doing it in the park. And y'all had me on. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, what's this podcast thing? Like, yeah, I could just talk forever. Like, it was it was so cool. Talk <laughs> forever, thank you, Bob. No Bob, th- yo, uh, thank you for everything, man. Like, no doubt. Uh, personally, that you do anything we ever ask of you and for your history in the game of I've been listening to a lot of Stretch and Bob um, shows on like SoundCloud or MixCloud. There's like people put them up. Man, I it's just so much joy, man. No doubt. So Appreciate thank you that. for all of that, man. Thank you. Am I confusing you with someone else, or did did um, Doom once send you a note wishing you condolences on your hair? Yeah, line? I just posted that on Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Him, it was him and MF Grimm. It was uh, yo know, crazy story, right? So. I, it was like sometime after my father died and my father died in 97. And so, but it was like a while afterwards. And so I opened up the card and it was in a proper envelope, Hallmark envelope. And it says my con- our condolences for your loss. And I'm like, but my father died like two years ago. Like what, why am I getting this? <laughs> so I opened it up, <laughs> I opened it up. And yeah, it's Grim talking smack about my hairline and Doom, who Doom's hairline wasn't, the most, uh, you know, <laughs> down south either. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we, you know, I posted that because on, on, I think it was Friday when we learned the news, it was like sad. And then yesterday, sad, or was it Thursday? I don't remember, whatever day it was. But uh, the next day, I posted the, the card of him snapping on my hairline with that. Oh, you actually put, po- oh, I, I got it. I posted it on my Instagram, just uh, Cool Bob Love. Um, with the K, but uh, yeah, I wanted to put that up just to give people a reprieve because so many people hit me up, like, you know, crying or, you know, asking me questions, like, you know, and I was just like, yo, like, you know, again, like that sort of like that sad joy, sad, you know, balance with joy. And I I wanted to give people like, yo, like he's gone, but, and y'all may not know how funny of a cat he was or how humorous he was, how lightheaded, lighthearted he was. And so, Try to balance that with a heavy moment. Um, but yeah, you could you could uh, you could peep that on my on my Instagram. So, Thank you, nah, Bob. No doubt. Thank y'all. There he is. Oh, there he is, ladies Bob. and gentlemen. Fuck. The great cool Bob Love. Man, you are Yo, fucking man. good, man. I remember. I, Me? Yeah, you're good, man. You're fine. Why? What I do? You just I, you just asked the right questions and the right the oh, right stop way. Stop yourself. You're fucking good, oh, st- man. I, I'm I'm working on. I mean, listen, after years of being a sidekick, I've gotten better at having to pick. I have to pick my spots. I might only get to talk once right, for the next right. 10 minutes. So I better make this question count. Oh, our next yes, our next yes is here. Super interesting, man. And so and so we're going to bring in our next guest here. Let's bring on Curious. Just and us being able to talk about this for so long. Like this is this is why I missed this shit, man. I see this is why I missed this I, shit. I know, and you and and you hate to say in a bad circumstance like this, like oh, it's perfect. I know, but, but, I know. but it is perfect that we exist now oh because we have a platform. And look, and there he is. Oh my god! In all man. his in all his splendor, walk like a duck, 
Curious. Yeah, peace, fellas. Curious. Bustelo, salute. There you go. Yeah, we just talked. Um, we just talked to Bob for like an hour, and now we're talking to you. It's like, bro, we are living my New York nineties fat beast hey. dream life right now, yo. Oh man, that's what's up, up fellas. That's what's well, up. First of all. Yeah, and first of all, Thank you, man. Likewise. our condolences, man, uh, on the loss of Doom, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you. So, Curious, can you – I've always known you and Doom being connected, Constipated mm-hmm. Monkey, the song. It's You guys were always mentioning each other. Can you t- – what's yeah. the origin of Curious George and MF Doom? The origin is um is third base. Um, um, yeah. Third base, Bob, Pete, Nice, you know, um, Search, those days. So that's how I met him because we were both mutually under Pete Nice's. I was under Pete Nice's umbrella. I believe KMD was also. So we were both mutually under those that production company. So that's how we linked. But this, me and Doom, as soon as we met, it's like we just, we were just boys, man. Like we clicked quick. And and Bob just told us that you, you were the person in all likelihood who, uh, who told Doom to send the music he was making to Bobito when Bob was doing Fondle? Shit, man, that's that. You know, <laughs> that's a long time ago. I, I, I don't doubt it. I don't specifically remember it, but if Bob said it, he's definitely a sober, clear-headed guy. So he's definitely uh, the one to yeah. Well, it's not. I, it's I not a well. far-fetched idea that in those days. <laughs> no, hell no, no. I probably did. Yeah. I probably did, but. but But we didn't. But back then, we didn't know we were making huge moves. We were just like, "Oh, our friend has a label. He just started. Let's bring the music to him." We didn't know it would would create history. You know what I mean? Yeah, not at all. So I can see you. You know. So what? What can? What can you tell us about about Doom the guy? I mean, like that's he's such he's such an enigma. You know, what's he like? He's, yo, that guy, man, I don't, I, to put it into words, I know we all, amazing dude, man. He just, he's brilliant for one, just brilliant, total out of the box thinker. He never had to live under regular principles. Like from that, from those days, he was always making, you know, making a living and surviving. He would be staying with me here, but he always was an out of the box thinker. He was never like confined to no thinking about jobs or, like, and he would just come up with these ways to um to create, be it of course musically, but also just financially, survival wise. He always carried um heavy spiritual um jewels, you know, and lessons mm-hmm. from early on. He was always very advanced and um just just totally um like almost off the grid in his own way. Amazing. Did you guys stay close always from from the nineties up until now? Yeah, well when he when when nah we had we had not that it was nothing personal with us, but like when he just took off like crazy, I'd just be like home chilling. But I, I like I'm like on a lot of his records in between. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, cause you're you're on day. a lot of joints over the years together. Yeah, so 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 Doom is ill, he'll just like he'll be, you know, he's out wherever. You know, and then me, like at that time, I was just stagnated, like musically. I wasn't um, creating, like I was just like overthinking shit, you know. So, so, um, but he he's out here just doing his thing, right? But he'd always him or Grim could always get a verse from me. 
they come on, George, man, I need you on the, you know what I mean? Like, and I'd always, but I could just open my emails and it'd be like, all right, here's a couple, here's a couple stacks, hit me with a verse. Like, you know, like I, we didn't talk in like whatever, but he just always either throw me some bread, throw a wow. verse, hit me with a thing. And I just, you know, the love's always there. But then, um, you know, then we reconnected like the last three, four years, we've been, um, you know, back tight again, like me going to Sam, spending time with them and, you know, making more music, you know what I mean? So I had that chance. It was a blessing, you know, to, you know, unfortunately no one foresaw this happening, but to be able to reconnect like that with my brother and, and um, yeah. That's cool. Were you guys like, would you like FaceTime and text? Was Doom using normal technology to communicate with people? I mean. Nah, nah, everything got to be encrypted with him. You know, he's not, he's not doing the regular <laughs> shit. He'll, he, yo, if you know I'm going through some shit, he'll just call me. You know, I'll get a, a weird ass number with like 50 numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like those yeah, overseas yeah. shit. <laughs> yo, what's up, man? I'll be talking to him. I'll be in my car, like fucking drinking, talking shit with him and. It's crazy, man. But not driving. Just right, parked. right, right, right. Parked out. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. people don't know. Yeah, like, you know. If, if you're from New York, your your car is like another bedroom. It's right. <laughs> thank you. It's right, but thank you. Cause cause I put something up on the gram. I'm in there listening to rhymes like Dom, yeah. drinking like some Jack Daniels. And then I gotta like throw the disclaimer, like, yo, this is yeah, my yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. Like when, you know, because I'm in my crib now, but you know what I'm saying? I have the yeah, yeah, kids, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's my yeah. I go right out there. Jump in my whip, get my drinks. I got my music. Shit. Set up the you office. You know what I mean? Lined up. Right. Throw the music on. Man. So, yeah, man. And, 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 yeah, I'll be texting Doom right there. Like, he'll be playing me a bunch of stuff. And, you know, he'll be right there. I'll be in my office, you know. And I still do it, man. I, I bring my bro. I swear he's with me all the time. I, I, I rock with him. That shit don't stop, man. Um. So, have you... We were just talking to Bob about for those, I know it wasn't many people who knew um, that he, he had left us, but you've been in such regular contact. It, it, it must yeah. it must be very hard to deal with the loss personally, and then you kind of had you. to relive it again two months later. Yo, yo, Pete, man, you're giving me chills right now, bro, because that's exactly, I was telling, who was I talking, I was talking to my lady last night, and I, and I was just like, yo, it's like I'm doing this shit all yeah. over again, yeah. bro. And it's like, you know, because initially my mourning process was, what was ahead of everybody. So so I'm getting these calls, you know, when 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 his family broke the news and I'm getting these FaceTimes and these calls from people that I'm that I'm close to that I care about and you know they're all messed up. And I was, you know, all messed up, you know, a month ago. You know, and I'm thinking, all right, you know, since I'm I'm a bit ahead in the morning process, so I'm like working with them right, through it. Right. Just like, yo, I know where you at with it and da 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 and then a whole day long of, of, of Instagrams yeah, and texts yeah, yeah. and calls and shit. And by the evening time, bro, I'm like, yo, I can't. I I went to bed at, a, I, I tried to go to sleep at like before 11 on New Year's Eve. Cause I couldn't, I was already like, you know, so that shit was, yeah, definitely. You hit it right on the head. When you yeah, said that, a, I felt a... it. Cause it, it felt like someone, yeah, like, like, like you identified with it. Like, thank you. You know what I'm saying? You're twice. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it is nowadays. Like, I mean, this is a strange situation that he passed and no one said anything. It was a personal thing. And then it gets broadcasted New Year's Eve on what I call the worst year ever. So, like, the last bit of 2020 is more bad news. And we're feeling it one time. You guys are feeling it, you know, double. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. crazy. This year, I mean, you know, I know this is a doom topic, but I mean, the way people are dropping, it's like crazy. And they're not even from COVID. I know. Like, I lost like three friends this month. Like, heart attacks. Like, people just dropping. These are people under 50 or like right around 50. Yeah. Shit, it's crazy. Yeah, it's man. a weird year, man. Did you, um, the stories that are out there about Doom, the, the days of, you know, him sending someone else to show up to his performances and all that, do you have any memories of just, like, funny, weird, artistic shit Doom used to do? Oh, man, well, during that time right there was one of them times where we, you know, we would, like, had distance. Mm-hmm. But but I remember them one time hitting me, like, Ben hitting me, like, yo, there's a show that we want you to go do this show and, um, I forgot where it was. It was in the Midwest somewhere. And, uh, yo, fly out. It was like short notice, like a couple of hours. Like fly out there, you know, do a couple of joints and then do questions at the end. You know what I'm saying? Or towards the end. And uh, <laughs> like almost like it wasn't Doom talking to me. It was like Ben or somebody. And it was like almost like, you know, letting me know what was going on, you know, in terms of the the freaking the, uh, the robot or whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I was like, nah, <laughs> man, like. Yeah, like now, nah, be like now, nah, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I'm too, yeah. is, is I'm too, the, now I'm too light skinned. Like his creative end behind it, but at that time, I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna be on stage part of that shit. You know what I'm saying? They fucking put the cuffs on me coming off like the floor or something. So, is this you know is this the joint that you think of most? Um, with you guys musically, I'm saying. servants began to forge what was to become the most yeah. greatest costume of yeah, the face of the That's the one. All right, we'll let it rock for a minute. The last thing All to right. was the mask. Would it conform to my twisted features and comfort? Cleans his metal mask with gasoline. They after him last scene, pulling chick like a fiend, pull a fast one. <laughs> Can't put shit past him. Got niggas on his own team, bad enough to blast him. Retarded in real life on the mic, Rain Man. Stand close to his main man Yo. like a chain gang. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, curious. It's a story, you know. If you know how we recorded that, you'll bug out. Oh, that's what we're here for. He had George. a little spot on one. <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, yo, he had a crib on 157th between Broadway, Broadway and Amsterdam. And uh, he had this little machine. I don't know, is it rolling? You know, I'm not a, a techie guy. I, obviously, it took me forever to get on the Zoom <laughs> shit. But anyway, so so he had like the rolling machine or something like that, you know, with the mic, you know, the corded, the cord mic, like the, you know. And I'm just, we just in the crib, just blazed out. And, you know, at that time, I wasn't really writing rhymes consistently. I just like, he's like, yo, this was one of those times when I was just like, I never quit the game. I was just always like, just nah, like right now, like just, Bugging out. So anyway, he's like, nah, I need a verse from you, bro. I need a verse. So I'm just like going to my scene. All right, all right. And uh, getting twisted. And he just passed me the mic, man. And and that's how we did it. It's like a, a handheld mic. And just um, getting that vibe. Just rocking like like we was rocking the show or rocking a, in a little cypher or like that. In the, off this little machine, bro. And that's how he did that whole album. And he would bring that thing places. Like if he going to go, he, sometimes it would be in my house and Grim might come through and rock on that shit or yeah that that whole album was like that bro him with this little machine and this mic and the mic looks just like the mic on the uh on the cover the cover of the album you know what i'm saying like a little what do they call it es whatever shore mics the little i don't know what you know what i'm talking about yeah but it looks like a it looks like it's almost plasticky like it doesn't even look (laughs) yeah this shit was metal but it looks like that though 
know what I'm saying? Yo, where did it was just rolling. where did MF Grimm come from? Like I, I remember him popping up on Fondlem and those records coming out, but prior to that, like I don't really have any knowledge of where MF Grimm came from in the whole Grimm, thing. Well, MF Grimm, I grew up with Grimm, so that's my man. He he grew up, you know, in the Upper West Side, um, eight, in the 80, 84th in Amsterdam, and uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm from '97. And uh, yo, he just uh, so, he's been rhyming. Like he so got New me rhyming. He he's <laughs> so New York. So New York. York. Yo, he's the one. He's the one who got me. He's the one who got wow. me rapping. Like he's the one. He would hear me bugging out like freestyling, playing around. He'd be like, "Yo, George, you nice man. Yo, you, you could do this. Yo, you good man." You know, he would just always push me to do it. So did he have any other he, deals? He was right there. Did he have any other? Huh? Like, did he have any other deals? Yeah, or was he? He, in a... he actually. You know what? He did. He had an independent label that came out. With my man Jansen, Jay Black, rest in peace. Um, he, 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 and uh, they had a single, and it was called um, "So What You Want," um, "What You Want," and word. And this shit is fire. You, you check that out. And then, uh, then he's on a bunch of Doom. Then him and Doom had the joint together, right? Yep. To get them together. Yeah, the grimace is, the, beat. is he still around? Is he still around here? Yeah. No, you know what? He's in California now. Shout out to, to my man Grim. Shout out is to it? Curse. I'm sorry if I sound Definitely. very ignorant, uh, which I am. Is the MF? No, is the MF? I think it's you know. Good are they, question. Are those related? Like Fuck, I think it's motherfucking motherfucking Grim. I think that's. I think that's and the, the Doom MF. too. So he, but the Metal Face though for Doom Metal, oh, metal Face. face. Did, Doom, it's Metal Face, Metal Fingers. Right. But but so but MF Grim. Mad flows. Mad flows. But but hold on. But Grim always had the MF even back before yeah. he knew Doom. Yeah. So 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 when Grim and Doom got tight. I think, yeah, Doom Grim always had the MF Grim. And then, then Doom was Zev. Then Doom went from Zev Love X to to cause we always called him Doom because his last name's Doomalay. So all his peoples would call him Doom. Uh, I, I would call him Doom. Yo, Doom. never put that together. I never uh, put that together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what it's from. You know what I'm saying? So I never I never called him Zev. You know what I'm saying? Some of his people would call him ZL. But um, I always called him Doom. So then when he got with, when he linked with Grim, I guess they got so, you know, they met, you know, those are my boys, the, the mutual friends. So I'm, oh, I'm about to say, you're the mutual like, friends. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like the, <laughs> I'm like the lightning rod through know, all this shit. You know what I'm saying? So, but, uh, but no, then they just got tight to the point where they hanging and I'm over here. Like, you know, they were like two peas in a pod. So now then, do you, but I do you think, but do you think Doom added the MF because of Grim? Facts, like, like, cause they team, you know, they were like a crew together. Got so it. I, I, be, I believe, yeah, I'm almost, I'm like ninety percent on that. You know what I'm saying? Yo, that is, yo, curious man. Thank you for giving us Thanks. these gems, bro. Gems. Come on, man, you got it. You know that, man. Yo, that's my brother, man. He lived forever. You hear me? And also, it had to. You see what I'm saying? That's my boy right there. That's my guy. Oh wow. You see yeah. that, right? Wow, yeah, that's fire. Yeah, boy. And and yeah, that's, that's, it had to mean a lot to you personally too, because you know, I know you've only rapped somewhat sparingly for a long time and uh -huh. you know after your deal after you were out of your deal and you weren't on a major anymore i'm guessing uh -huh. it must have meant a lot to you that he's still reaching out to you being like yo i need you on joints you were probably yo, like yo bro, you're you're good bro, yo let me tell you man so much you know what i mean it's like he he believed in me in times when i didn't believe in myself he'd be like yo bro you the illest show you crazy like he just always would, would um, inspire me and always that's he just always man. wanted me to do that's it that's beautiful it's dope you know what i'm saying so yeah that's that's my brother man and um uh, yeah man well yeah. listen thank you curious we just wanted to have you on make sure your voice was yo, on this man peace, man you know it fellas yo good looking out appreciate you bro yes sir there he is well, curious man. george ladies right. and gentlemen yes, sir.
the great cipher this is <laughs> this is this is one app my guy one app is alive Yo, Wanep is super alive. Um, was 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 Doom only friends with racially ambiguous <laughs> sort of light skinned <laughs> people? <laughs> my my brother's here. Do you want to talk to my of brother? Course. Now, by the way, just warning though, if there's video of my brother, he does not know how to not be awkward on right. Zoom. Even in like he'll he stares oddly at the camera like it's like there's someone attacking him. It's it's just I'm just warning you right now. Um, no, but I thought it'd be good to talk to my brother, who is just a big Doom fan, yeah. um, and I, get that I, perspective yeah. too. Let's talk to him because I have questions. Yeah, because this is a good place for you to ask yeah, questions instead of asking the people. To you. I mean, like, I don't know this guy's music at all. And they're like, <laughs> my friend just passed away. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know him. All right, there you, you go. Look like my here is George. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, curious. Welcome back. We just had you five minutes ago. Is, was he on air? That's really yeah, depressing. He had the same hat on. Wait, wait. Why is it depressing? Or you think you don't think Curious looks good? No, that Curious is now is as old as I am now, which makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, still, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's still older than you. Probably not by much. What's this in the background you, here? Is that a, is that a Black Star album? Oh, look. Yeah, I see a Black Star album. Took that from my house. I see Doom. I see Capone Noriega, Iron Man, De La Soul. What's that one on the top left or the top right? The black one. Oh, it's Kev Brown. Kev Brown. Ooh. Okay, the, the Brown album, I'm assuming. No, I do. Uh, no, I it's, do. His, it's, I, it's his uh, solo album. What's, debut. The, one, I do what what's I do. the one next to Capone Noriega and Black Star? Uh, it's Aquamanai. Is it? Him and I. Aquamanai. Oh, and what's yeah. the Doom thing you have? You gave that to me. What the Doom thing? Yeah, that's like one of those compilations. Oh, is it a? Was it the? Was it the case? With the CDs in it? Yeah. Yeah, I just I got gotta, very upset I, yesterday I just, on on disc. Uh, go ahead, Saif. No, go ahead. You're talking about Doom. Go ahead. I was just going to say that I was on Discogs, and I was looking at his records, and I had one of these moments because I'd been a, I I was such a fiend on 45s for so long that I couldn't remember if I bought the Operation Doomsday 45 box mm -hmm. set. I think you did. Price, and I think I did. And the price has now skyrocketed. And I'm like, oh, my God, do I have this? Uh, should I buy it? And I'm pretty sure I have it. But, like, I moved lots of 45s into mm -hmm. storage. So I have to go find yeah. it. But I better have it because the price is – it didn't used to be crazy. It was a 1,500-piece set. And now the prices are just 1500 They made 1500 oh. total. They meant there was 1500 um, records in it. I was like. Yeah, it's a gigantic Doom set. It's it's everything he's I have, ever recorded. I have, you know, all the stuff Bobito was talking about, like all the early Fondalum records? I have all those. I was going to say, you have Because to. I worked those at Fat Beats. So I just used to just. Wait. Oh, wait, Saif. You, you worked at Fat Beats? I worked at Fat Beats, and I also DJed for Little Kim. Uh, wow, I did not know either. These are the kind of gems you get from Wanap. This is maybe for new listeners, fuckface. No, by the way, I I read um you worked at Ruckus, didn't you? I worked at Ruckus Records. No, I don't think I knew that until I read it yesterday. Yes, you did. I know. I'm just, I'm just I'm playing in. Oh, oh, oh. Well, one of the one of the crazy T-shirts I showed Peter that I uh was the Ruckus Puerto Rican Day Parade uh, yeah, T-shirt, and it says it was like sound bombing three or whatever, yeah. and it has your name on yeah, it. It's fire. No, no. It also I don't the way your name one. is on it.
the way your name is on it to yeah. me, it feels like you had a project that was in the works. Sound bombing three? He, he sound bombing three that was, was your project. Oh, so 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 oh, so they just had his logo on as part of sound bombing three. You're saying? Yeah. Sound Got bombing okay. three. Me and Mister okay. Chalk. Um, but what I was saying, yeah, I have all those early Doom records because I used to just buy them all. I used to buy all the indie shit at Fat Beats, you know, just because I was like, oh, you know, these are like gonna be considered rare records one day. They're only making, you know, five thousand copies of of these records, so Tops. I have a lot of them. I have all the old. Wait, but so hold on. So you ended up loving the Arsonist record, but you didn't get into the Doom records. I didn't love the Arsonist records either. I, I don't want to sound disrespectful. What I was about to say before, all these crazy indie vinyl only underground records, like I wasn't into them really. And I'm thinking now like the way we talk about MF Doom and all this underground shit that you always tell me about, I think I might be able to do that with like R and B or or you know what I mean? Like I think I'm a whole different there's a whole nother side of Juan that we should talk about, but we never do because we always go so nerd hip hop. We hate that Juan. Yeah, well, I love that Juan. No, no, we want him dead. I love. Uh, oh, I just, no, we can do I that. Remember, I used to, I used to try to tell Eclipse, "Hey, we should sell some R&B records and Fat Beats," and he's like, eh, "Whatever, fuck it." I was like, "No, because sometimes a DJ might get a gig." Where he's got to play at least five, <laughs> and I said, I said, put the R and B records that have hip hop beats. How about that? Like, wait, they didn't, they didn't have the. They they, I, had, but I had to fight to get them. Like, and it was like I can't a get fucking, a, you know, like a beam that holds up the building. Like, you know, but they'll, they'll be paneling around it. There was just one beam in the back of Fat Beats that had like a eight one slots of yeah, total one twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, Yvette Michelle, yeah, whatever had a little hip hop beat, uh, but anyway, but go so Nick, 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 what do you want to what do you want to say about MF Doom? I know you have I know you have things on your mind. Well, I, I want to say I want to respond to what Sai said. I think that like I I totally understand what you're saying. I think that part of it is because like at that moment in time, like there definitely was like sort of like a divide in hip hop, right? And people sort of went on one side of the divide or the other. And like, the thing is like, yeah, you know, I know for, um, for Peter and me, I think like being back to like nerd rap on the internet in like that same time, the late nineties, like the whole thing was, I felt like I was on your side, Peter also on your side of that divide relative to a lot of other people who were like, no, the loot pack is much better than big pun. Right. Like shit like that, right. you know, and that was like literally a conversation. Right. And it was like. No, I mean, that can't be that can't be like the end of the discussion that like we just throw big pun in the garbage because he's not making 1500 run records that are only sold at Fat Beats. Right. Yeah. Um, well, in, in Sife, you probably sat on the fence in a way that I did sort of, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm never all the way one side, all the way the other side. My career took me more commercial, obviously. But I'm I like it all. It just sometimes like the the hate on either side is so bad. Like that when it goes to the far extremes, I was definitely more yeah. in the you know in the middle in the gray area. It was like oh, remember that story that everybody talks about how at SOBs like most performed um, 
whatchamacallit, the children's story joint, and Diddy was in the audience, right? Mm -hmm. And like people thought it was like directed at him or or something. And it's like, that's sort of like symptomatic of what was going on at that whole time, I think, right? People thinking of things in that way when it's like probably neither for most, most nor for Diddy was it like that, right? No, but yeah. for, 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 um, the people looking in, they're like, well, they can't be on the same side of the thing. They're, I remember, I remember, yeah, there was, there was definitely a divide. There was definitely, the stuff was going commercial. There's like, I always say this, there's commercial, there's street, yeah. and there's underground. And there is a Venn diagram with a lot of those things meet in the middle, but there's definitely also the, the extreme edges, the fringes of all three of those worlds. And uh, I like totally. to, you know, I think I'm very much in the middle uh, com- uh, commercial-wise for my career, being on Hot 97, but, you know, as a fan, more in the middle. But, um, but yeah, there's, I remember when it, like, when it, when it shifted, you know, when it, when it fucking, like, when, like, I was watching Company Flow make these crazy, like, weirdo underground records and, like, the the commercial pop world going that way and then you could see it like oh no this is becoming Nas and Fuji's were underground on college yep. radio and then they became superstars and I remember there was like a split and I was like oh no we're gonna lose this shit where everybody's all in hip hop together it's gonna break up into different groups it and 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 it it sort of did and didn't well Saif you know this yes. Rugged like Rwanda? You've heard this? Let that beat drop. Rugged like Rwanda. Don't wander far or get trapped up. Quick the rustle spot like baby urine get mopped up. Tags that spray the hall with rap ever saw. Organized graffiti lectures and can't control. I think, I think it's hilarious that you were like so... You were, you were like so mixed commercial and underground, but the underground you did do was Yo, the most... Let me tell you there's not oh, a time underground. There is in not a time whenever I speak to LP, which in any fe- form of fashion, I slip in rugged like Rwanda somewhere in the conversation, somewhere in there. And that's that's company flow. Eight steps to perfection. Mm. Um, that was the that was their was that their biggest single? Vita Nerve um, I think so. But then there was that other one. There was the. It wasn't company flow. It was like a joint group. It was like. What the hell are you doing? You all right over there? You know it. It's like boom, 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 I don't know. Boom, boom, Oh, I love that song. Wait here, but you don't. You don't mean this, by the way. Hold on. I'll talk about boom, 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 No, no, I know what you're. What you mean? Soon you'll see no, as wait. I flow fluently Ready? to freak But that's not the boom boom Another cat? MC will drop off the face up. That wasn't the boom boom cat. Wait, I don't know. Play from the beginning. No, that's not it. Soon you'll see. It's a fire in which you burn. Oh, that's my favorite name for. Like, I remember seeing the name of that song and being like, that sounds fun. Tell me I'm not doing a spot on impression of that song. Oh, yes. Now let me hear your version, Sai. Boom, 
Yo, that's even better. That's really that good. company Fun Crusher Plus is an album that that's worth a lot of money. It's very, yeah, I have a fucking bunch of those. Anybody wants to help me out in these pandemic like, times? But all right, so go on. Give me some MF Doom stuff. What do I need to know? What What is it about this guy? I don't. It's really you know it's 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 hard to say because I remember when I first got Operation Doomsday and I uh, told a friend about it and I was like, you got to get this. And it was like. You know, that was like, it wasn't just walking the, you know, like order it from like hip hop site or sandbox autumn. It was like a whole thing. Right. And, uh, and he was like, man, I don't get this at all. Why do you like it? And I was like, I, he's like, it's so, it wasn't, he didn't say lo-fi, but he was like, it's just mixed so bad. Like, and I was like, I don't know. That's kind of what it is. Right. So I've always like tried to put my finger on that. When I was thinking about it yesterday, what occurred to me was there's something about it that just feels like, um, like like do like beats that you would just hear somebody play and then somebody just rapping on them and that's it right right? in other words but like i mean putting the song together because obviously the songs are super tight and precise but none of the like fucking we got to go push a million buttons right and dump 48 tracks and tune everything up no we're gonna leave it the way it is and if like a snare isn't tuned exactly right then fuck it that's the way am i off am i off the fucking chart here where I say this is what early Griselda is. Oh no, I think I think that he is the starter of the really? whole thing. Yes. It's it's the grandfather of it all uh-huh. is is MF right. Doom. The son to me is Rock Marcy. And then the children are everything else that's happening right now. That's how I but there's see go- it. There's ghosts that's- in there too somewhere, right? Like Ghost is a drunk uncle. Ghost is a drunk uncle. Yes. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd put MF Doom squarely. I mean, yes, I, I think that he is the grandfather, but I think, you know, Doom, like to Sy's point about the Venn diagram, right? I like Doom also because he was in the like the back, you know, quote unquote backpack or whatever. But like the street shit was there, but he it wasn't. It was just you could feel like that was the world that he knew and inhabited and the people that he was around. But he wasn't he was like an observer more of that. Right. Uh, and yeah, that's that's me all day. Was, I get that. Yeah. There was something about like, you know, his just sort of like, uh, I don't know, like that was his world. Right. But well, and also and by the way, he included I saw him talking about this. and I, I know I've referenced it a lot today, so I recommend everyone watch it when you're done with this. The Chairman Mao interview with Red Bull. He talked about how that word. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. The Chairman Mao interview on the internet. Um, if if you listen to a Doom project, he very often had a chick record on it, and he talked about how the reason he did that always is he's like, yo, the parties always had the commercial songs. They'd have like the harder songs that played. And then as the night winds down, there's always a song for the ladies. He's like, so I make a song. And it's so funny. He's speaking at this unnamed event on the Internet. And the crowd is there. And he's like, ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about? And there's like, you know, four nerdy (laughs) girls are like, absolutely, (laughs) Tim. But, you know, that was part of him. Like Carhartt girl, one of them? Oh, they show a Carhartt girl. (laughs) Oh, my God. By the way, the other day, Saif, I was picking up food in in Asheville. And inside the restaurant, 
I I spotted a Carhartt girl. She was one of the waitresses. Yeah. Where while she was waiting tables, I swear yeah. to God. She it, it, I, I'll even say it, it was what's the place called, the the Mellow uh-huh. Mushroom in Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. Uh-huh. That's right. She was waiting tables in a Wu Tang shirt. It, it, with a how do I say this? A, a very wide and stretched Wu Tang logo. No, no sneakiness about it. No, no, it was sneaky. Oh, was it sneaky. was still sneaky. Okay. I'm I'm just trying to say okay. it in a way that's less okay. sneaky. But a sneaky big right. Wu Tang logo. Uh-huh. It was. I was like, ah, I almost yelled, <laughs> "Carhartt girl!" through the window. But but to me, you're trying to say it like a guy who works for for Disney. Right, I know exactly. You so you guys know what I mean. So he he. What I like about Doom seems like a dude who, if you met him without the mask in New York, would be the most like just a weird regular mm-hmm. New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Like definitely weird, but in the way that you meet lots of weird in the way site that you and I meet dudes all the time. Like yo, what's up, man? Yo, man, when I was upstate, I knew I used yeah, to listen uh-huh. to you, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and starts dropping weird science. And you're like, yeah. all right, cool, man. But, like, you're definitely an off dude, but a, but a York, good dude. A and New an York interesting dude. dude. Yeah. I, a, a New, New Yorker. York weird dude. I get it. I get it. Like, I, that's what I took away from watching this interview of him sitting there. He's so not a star. Yet, he talked about how the mask was directly to say... Fuck all the bullshit about commercialism and judging people by their right. looks. Judge me by my voice. Judge me by my music. But he also said, to be clear, though, the mask is like a dope gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> like, he knew yeah, that. Like he, he knew it was a dope. It was. So while it was an, an anti-commercial uh, value thing. It also it's was like, kind of um, commercial. You know, art imitates life and vice versa. Like it, right, and it sort of flips the... Of course it worked. As, yeah. You know what's funny? I was thinking about today. It's like, to your point, about weirdos, right? It's like... I feel like so much of, like, the New York rap, like, the... Was made by people who were weirdos. At the, You know, like, you take somebody like the RZA. Like, people who were, like... These, A lot of it, Ultimately, yes. like, these big cultural observers <laughs> who were, like, literally all into everything i mean you even listen to like just random lyrics that people say like what is like i noticed the other day meth says something about a streetcar named desire right and you're yeah. like a six-pack and a well, streetcar named desire. you're like this that's like a kind of a random raff rep reference to a you know a virginia wolf book movie whatever but it's like i feel like that was a lot of what these guys were were these people who were just watching everything around them all the time and then bringing it into what they did. And Doom just sort of took that to the next level. Like those guys weren't imitating rappers. Like all the rappers now are imitating rappers. Yes, Ooh, that's true. That's, 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 like, they that's want to be rappers. That's why it's like, yo, yeah, I have that... to like be like talking about, you know, whatever car. And I'm like, what? Like, it, I get it. Yeah, that's so true. Like, they didn't have the model for that. They didn't have the model. When, when Doom was asked about the rappers he remembers growing up, and like, yo, he's talking about literally the first rappers. That's how old he was. Right. He's talking about cats in the seventies. So like, 
an, an early 80s. So, like, there's no aesthetic of what a rapper yeah. was. He was one of the dudes creating. He was in yeah. KMD. He was in... KMD's what, 90... The second generation. Four? KMD's 90... What? Se- no, nine... The first album's 90, 91. Wow. A lot of... Yeah, a lot of those... A lot of those... Yo, Rakim had to be weird. RZA was weird. Like, Q-Tip is weird. All, all, all that shit, man. Yo, but you know who, like... You know who I was thinking, actually, is even sort of like... uh doom before doom but the whole way through it was prince paul right like because prince paul it's like yes. doom sort of trying to get him the to next level him. like this like i'm going to grab not just 14 you know not just a little theme with skits but i'm gonna like take w- one skit and there's gonna be 37 samples in it yeah right but it's still gonna be thematic and like and i'm gonna just take like Dude, on Mr. Hood, on KMD Mr. Hood, like it starts out with like a weird two minute skit from like an language, uh, English language record, right? And it's like, <laughs> that's a weird way to start a, a major label LP. Um, so I think Prince Paul was like a big part of that. And Doom was just like, somebody said yet yeah, last night in that clubhouse, something about how like Doom was doing all this stuff and it was like looser. He, he said something about De La. Like Dela, somebody said they were like Dela was like super technical and nerdy about it, right? Everything was perfect. And he said he was like Dela was Steely Dan, right? Is what they said. Like mm. where it was just like yes, they were doing this stuff, but it was like everything was nailed. Whereas yeah, some yeah, of yeah. these other guys were, it was a little bit more haphazard. It yeah. wasn't really haphazard though. It's still crazy. No, but. that's true because Dela shit sounds like all over the place, but it is fucking tight. Tight, yep. Tight, yeah. Super. But it does sound like it, was, it feels erratic. But it was like, nah, that's somebody worked on that for hours. I'm glad. Speaking of which, that's a great, maybe no better example than. Up in the five star telly, saying two mic rhymes, speed up average. That's De La Doom. We were yep. at a show. At, I think it was Best Buy Theater, Why, we, and Daylight was performing. Yeah, we, I think we. What was it. that? It was a Daylight show. Was other, um, I feel like Best there was Buy other Theater. people there too. I have vi- there were. I th- I feel like there was too. But I I have video of we that show. We were at that show. show. We, were, we were there. That the whole song night. came on. Everyone went crazy, and I go, "Why? How do I not know what this is?" And you're like, "That's the record they got with Doom," and that was literally my first like. Oh shit! This guy's like, cause the crowd went nuts. Yeah, this this is the biggest song Hit on it. that album. Up in the five star telly, saying two mic rhymes, speed up average MCs at the times. Unlike them, we grab gems, so systematically inclined to pen lines without saying the producer's name. I'm over the track. Yeah, I said it. What you need to do is get back to reading credits. Read the medics alphabetically stuck on that English shit. Now, but now, before, before, that's four shot, four rock, four people. From the top of the key for three villain. Been on in the game as long as he can really swim. Turn the corner spinning, bust that ass and get up. Dust off the mask, whoever laugh, give him a head up. He got jumped, he pumped his adrenaline. He said it made him tougher than a bump of raw medicine. To write all night long, the hourglass is still slow. Flow from hellborn to free power like Lil Cole. And still owe bills, pay dues forever. That's fire. Mm. 
There you have That's it. That's fire. Um, that is fire. And and that what by the way, again? Grind date. And and that one right there is one of the songs that when you see them perform, to me it's separate. It's it's one of their best performance songs because they do this thing where when the song yeah. slows down, yeah, they yeah, slow yeah, down, yeah, I remember that, yeah. and then they and then at the end they completely stop and just sit there in silence, and then it comes mm-hmm. back on. Um, but it's amazing because we were just talking about with Bobito about how Doom can intentionally be out of pocket, and on that song he's so in yeah. pocket. Yeah. Like he, it's it, it's whatever he felt like doing, you know. Um, he could do it all, and also I was thinking about how, like, I was thinking of comparisons for for Doom, like I always tend to. And I feel like the, I feel like the wrestling comparison for me is he's like the Undertaker, mm-hmm. right? Of course, yeah, of course. Like this yeah. this this character that's like bigger than, like you have to be a wrestling fan to know who the Undertaker is. Right, he's not. He's famous, but he's not so famous that if you've never seen wrestling, you know who the Undertaker is. He's not Hulk Hogan. He's, right. he's a wrestling guy. But the, Doom, you have to be a rap fan to know who Doom is. But simultaneously, he has this character that's everlasting, and everyone who knows knows he's yeah. the best. Like, how 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 is it that Andre three thousand, most deaf, and Tyler? Three of the great creatives in the entire history of hip hop all idolize MF Doom. And that's not an unfair, like, it really, 3000. Do you remember the story of when I met 3000, Nick? Uh, the one about the verse? No. That when I saw him at um, a, a concert where Gambino was performing, oh, yeah. and I was with Gambino, and I was wearing my Doom shirt, which I need to find, by the way, and I was wearing my Doom shirt. And when I said what's up to him, he like it was like looking at my shirt, and he's like, "Yo, KMD." And and I was like, and I was like confused for a second, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." Like I, he didn't even say Doom; he only said KMD. But wait, but it was like, a Doom shirt. That was. But he said yes, KMD. Just a mask. Oh, dope, yes, dope, dope. Like he was even being in, Doom was somewhere where like even when you're already being inside, you can even right, be more, right. more inside. inside. That's dope. Yo, you know what occurred to me though? It's wild to be a guy like like you know, Doom is somebody who for like thirty years has been the person that the people in the know will be like, yo, you know who you need to fuck with? Doom. Right? Like, like so it's like remember we met. I tweeted at him the other day, uh, Wi-Fi's funeral at uh, Rolling Loud, right? And he was like 19 Mm -hmm. and he had a Doom tattoo, right? And it's like, yo, it just runs the gamut. People like Playboy Cardi and fucking, uh, you know, Andre, to your point, it's like that, like there's like a permanent coolness factor, but it's almost like a uh, sort of, like anti coolness in a way. I don't know. I'm being fucking too heavy about it. But like, is that? Can I ask something stupid? Yeah. Has there ever been a Dilla Doom something? Yeah, there's a few joints. Yeah, there's. Um, I just actually saw something about this last night. Is 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 Dilla on Mad Villainy? I don't know. Has to be right. I thought Mad Villainy was all Mad Lib. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean a feature. Oh. Um, let's see. Hold on. So I look. I found this on Reddit last night. Ugh. Oh, there's a busted track. Ugh. Uh, 
featuring Doom, Godzilla, in the There's a, a who trap? Busta. Man, never ran with crows in his hand and won't stop rocking till he clocked on a gazillion grand. Tilling the wasteland sands, wraps on backs of treasure maps, stacks to the ceiling fan. He rests on his ashes, ask him after 10 miles of his galashes, smashes, dashes. Chip on his shoulder with a slip on holster, a clip, a folder, and his grip on a boulder. Most of they supposed to know the show with his aura glow. Get from out the road when he get dough, it's horrible. Time is money, spend way, save, invest, a fest. The 10 case of cave of chicken chest S. Yes. There's this, there's that one, and then same project has this. What is the magic that makes one's eyes sparkle? That was the one that the name of the game is like I see you peeing in your pants, little sissy boy. Jerks. Welcome to the octagon, lay a player flat before the trainer felt his clock was on. Keep your socks torn, it's a boxer thorn with hard rock, black rock and rons going barbers on. Curled up, begging, laying on the canvas instead of in the ready position like praying mantis. Scissors, canvas, grand fist, sandwich, stance, switch, slam, on stitches, switch, hands, itch, damn snitch. Any street corner could be the platform to meet defeat, corner wonder. Watch your mouth, draw south. So it sounds like Gazillionaire was on some... British release as and, and it looks like this was too because I don't remember this when Lightworks originally came out. Um, actually, you know who we can ask? The guy who I'm texting with right now. Uh, Peanut Butter Wolf. Oh, I'm not a fan of Peanut Butter Wolf. I like why I, I like Jelly Coyote better. <laughs> oh, hey! Yo, see that is you know what? That's the really. It's shameful. You're not a friend of. You're not a, a fan of Jam Coyote. That's so Jam bad. Coyote. Uh, that's like such a, a dad joke. Oh, you're talking about peanut butter wolf. <laughs> we haven't mentioned Peach Fuzz this whole episode. That's I love that record so much. Peach Fuzz is a underrated hip hop smash, man. It's a smash yeah. record. It's beautifully made. Just by 
rub the hairs on my chinny chin chin, and I'm able to hit a skin just like my man Puba Maxwell. So good. Uh, and then I loved plum. I loved plum skins almost as much as peach fuzz. I say peach fuzz is about 114 BPMs. You're, I know that you're right. I know that you're right. Just saying. Any final thoughts you want to um, offer on, on MF Doom and the legacy of Doom? I tried to appreciate the fact that he was alive when he was alive because he always felt to me like somebody who was really ephemeral. And when you hear about all these people going all the time, you know, not to be morbid, but like I, it always occurred to me he felt like one of those people who's here for a wouldn't be yeah. here forever. So I tried to be like aware, but still like. Did you ever see him live? No, I don't think so. I didn't. He didn't. Either. I mean, that's the weird thing. Also, it's like, Sight, did you ever meet him? You must have. I, I feel like I might have. I feel like I might have met Zev Love. Well, no, I guess he was. I feel like I met him once, maybe in like Fat Beats or like Footwork. It seems impossible you wouldn't have seen him. I at think I'm, I I think time. I might have seen him. I don't think I met him, but 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 I I was like, oh, that's the guy from KMD. This was like before all this MF Doom stuff, right? I remember when I saw a picture of him, and I'm like, I like I figured out who he was, but without, without even being a fan, I was like, that's the dude from KMD. And people were like, what do you? What is KMD? What are you talking about? I'm like, no, I think that's the guy from KMD. But it was. I was right because I'm a. I'm a killer. There's a period, right? Because this is this is weird period of time, and I like where between KMD and Doom, where it's like, seems like Doom is just sort of in the wilderness, wandering around doing whatever, right? Like in New York or Atlanta or something like that. And it's like it's funny. You always hear about like the same sort of thing with what's his name, um, Cool Keith. Yeah. Right. That there was a period where Cool Keith was same just Forty yeah. Second Street going to porn stores. Yeah. Right. Like. Uh, you know, and it was sort of like the same time, like this in between, like uh, when underground hip hop still had a chance at being mainstream to when underground hip hop sort of ended up just being underground, right? Um, you know, from like 96 to 2000, yeah. you know, around. In that area. I, I did, there was a time when I thought of Cool Keith and MF Doom in the same I, breath. To me, it's the same thing. Yeah, like Dr. Octagon doomsday all that stuff is like yes but I, this is my fat beats like it was on the wall like next to each other you know what i mean like and if you bought one you bought the other that is interesting that dr octagon it's a whole different character yeah. also came from an underground mm -hmm. group of the late 80s early right. 90s comes out with a weird off the wall mm -hmm. character and also is prince is and also is like prince paul is definitely sort of in the background not necessarily actually but like the cultural background right yeah yeah for sure i don't know um all right nick good stuff thank you thank dude. you guys I'm, I'm glad i got to do this i don't have very many people to talk about doom with at you can follow nick on twitter or well just follow him on twitter his instagram's terrible at nick Rosenberg i have a really good bad on instagram. twitter like yeah, if you like like pictures that don't make <laughs> sense of just like a random piece of food right or just no context yeah, like a blurry, a blurry cat that's just like okay, there. Okay, sounds fun. Um, all right, Nick, love, love you. Love you too, brother. Love you, Scythe. Later, brother. Billy June, you're doing a fine job. Billy June, you can bring in uh, our next guest, please. Peanut Butter wow. Wolf. 
How are you? Uh, first of all, first and foremost, our our condolences on on Doom, man. Thank you. Yep. I, I didn't find out till everybody else found out. I mean, I actually just got a bunch of text messages all at the same time. It was pretty yeah. surreal. Yeah, that yeah, that must have been a sort of weird thing. When people talk to you about how they love Stone's Throw, yeah, how essential to that was the work of of Doom. Uh, well, Doom was a, a pillar of Stone's Throw, the, the work we did with him, you know, which I think was it was kind of a side project for him and a side project for us that was just something fun. But I mean, going into it, um, he was really probably the first person I looked up to who I actually started working with um, personally. I remember going to pick him up at the airport the first time, you know, when this was all kind of going down. And I just remember thinking to myself, on that drive over there like man if i get in a car accident with doom it's gonna be like you know if, if like if we die like it, it would be my fault that he died and i was just Jeez. thinking how crazy that was that is super dark yeah, it was so weird it was that dark weird way to think about picking someone up at yeah. the airport Weird. It was really I thought weird. you were going to yeah. say if it happened that the headlines would just say mf doom dead and all you would get was also, Maybe peanut not. butter wolf. Whatever your real name is, would be your real <laughs> name. You'd be like, ah. Right. <laughs> Chris. Your name's Chris, right? Asterisk, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, my real name's Chris. I think, I think I thought that way because I had lost my friend Charisma, uh, you know, who I was working with for four years, and we had an album done. And, and that there was a parallel there between Doom and his brother and me and Charisma. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Doom and his brother were a lot closer, but... You know, they were both signed to a label and um, tragedy hit Doom and yeah. and myself the same way. So I think we had a connection that way. Yeah. And I remember I remember watching the Charisma music video that we made and he was just kind of telling me stories about, um, you know, him and his brother. And he was tripping out because our video was uh, at the DNA Lounge and he's like, oh, man, my brother and I played at that same place. Mm-hmm. And there was a, yeah, it was just, but, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that that was kind of like just kind of my initial like hangout sessions with them, I guess. So, the, I saw. Do, I know Doom said that the the way that Mad Villainy came to be was you reaching out to him and being like, "Yo, you want to work with Mad Lib?" And him being yeah. at that point unfamiliar with Mad Lib's music. So, right. take us through how those early conversations went with Doom and 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 Mad Lib to create one of the great collab yeah. projects of all time i mean i'm kind of foggy on on the exacts but I, you know one thing i will say is um while well, working with madlib he just had so many tracks and you know he had wild child he had med he had uh declaim he had kazi he had albums with all these guys madlib's from oxnard california which is an hour away from la and he basically was doing albums with all these guys and he just still had so many tracks and and he did the quasimodo which was kind of a side project and, and i was like man who would you want to work with outside of our initial crew you know like out of anybody who would you want to do an album with and he said dilla and doom were the two and we're like well let's make that happen and and dilla i had already known for years so that that was pretty easy and we knew that Doom was—I mean, Dilla was already a fan, but with right. with Doom, he didn't. Doom didn't know Stone Throw. He didn't know Madlib. He didn't know any of it. So, you know, but he he had an open mind. He's always send me some shit, and we'll see what happens. And you know, we were like, well, this is probably not going to happen. But 
he hit us back and he's like, I love this. You know, he was really blown away by Madlib and um, what turned into, you know, it was supposed to, I from my recollection, I think it was just maybe we're going to do a few songs and it was an EP and then it turned into an LP. And, you know, before you know it, he was like living with us in LA, like just finishing the album and stuff. You know, we got him a hotel and he wasn't really using the hotel. He was just, he, he was down to just, you know, be part of like the crew or whatever. So how did you how did you know him then? If he was so unfamiliar with Stone's Throw and and Mad Lib, how did you have the relationship with him? It was a cold call. I mean, it, actually, Egon knew somebody who knew him, and I, I think I really don't remember. I think maybe Count Basie had something mm-hmm. to do with it, or uh, yeah. And and okay, got it. So that relationship starts there, and then you th- they set up like they set up shop. Was it in your crib? In- well, Madlib was always like, uh, yeah. So Madlib um, ended up living with us for a while, and yeah, it was in my my house. We were renting a house, um, and you know, I mean, the, we had like the bomb shelter, which was really like literally a converted bomb shelter. It was you know made during the Cold War, and they, it was all concrete, and that ended up just being like our makeshift studio. But then Madlib would be in that room working on beats so then doom would be in my room recording lyrics and you know my bedroom and so that that's how like the mad villain really came about and and then um neither of them really cared to go in the studio to mix it so myself and the engineer mixed the whole album without either of them in the studio but you know the whole thing was just yeah it was just so casual i mean i remember um originally like there were no contracts and at that point in in stone's throws like trajectory or whatever i i was just anti-contract because i i was a former artist that was kind of locked down into a contract where they they had shelved me in charisma for years you know um so i didn't really want that and so i you know but then doom asked for a contract and so i just took a, a a napkin and I wrote, we're going to pay you this advance. And then all proceeds are 50, 50 between, you know, all, all um, money after is split between artists and label 50, 50. And I signed it and doom signed it. And that was our contract. And then eventually like a, a lawyer saw that and is like, are you fucking an idiot? Like, are you, are you joking? Is this, this is like, you know, contracts are made to protect the label and the artists and both, you know, she went into the whole spiel and, we, we got through like the legal stuff later, but like, just, I guess my point is that everything was just so casual, you know, and he was just down for it musically. And I think it was just kind of a side project for him. He wasn't really like, and how, how well did it do when it first it. came out? Uh, well, so yeah, we were supposed to put out J so J lib and mad villain were being worked on at the same time. J lib is J Della's album with mad lib where they were both rapping and both doing beats and those albums, pretty much got turned in at the same time and we're like, wow, we got to figure out, you know, what, how, who to put out and how to work this out. But we, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just remember the energy just like every time doom finished rapping over a song, I, I would show it to everyone in our circle and, and people were freaking out. And I, I just knew like that we had something really special, but you know, I didn't, I mean, I know what's special to us, but you never know what the, the fans are going to think. And, um, you know, putting that album out, it exceeded everyone's kind of expectations. And it actually leaked uh, before before we put it out, a version of it leaked where uh, Doom was rapping with kind of a hype voice. 
And then he's like, oh, I want to go back and redo it all with a mellow voice. And I want to, I want it to be different than the King Ghidra and the, you know, and, and the the Doom. He wa- he wanted everything to kind of have its own sound, but everyone had already been used to the hype voice, and they were like, oh, I don't like the new one. Oh, like oh. So I, I, in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, is this gonna like, is this gonna like upset people where they're not gonna? But be that's because you already knew the other one existed. You know? No, the the fans yeah. didn't hear that. It's kind of that it's that demoitis yeah, yeah, where you're yeah, used yeah. to a demo version and then you then you hear the new version, you know. But um, yeah, it just took getting used to because we were used to the Operation Doomsday where right. he was rapping a certain way. So did you end up? So you ended up doing Jlib first. I don't even remember, man. I'll tell you what I see here. In the order uh-huh. on Discogs, it looks like the Jlib Champion sound comes out in 2003. Okay. Yeah, and then it What's looks it look like. like... Oh, 04 was Mad Villain was 04, I think. You th- yeah, and then Mad. I'm still in 03 and no Mad Villain yet. Okay. Um. So oh yeah, so there's Money Folder in 03, which is the single off Mad Villain. And then, yeah. So I guess it's I guess Mad Villain then comes sometime after. There it is, and there's Mad Villainy in 04. So, yeah. so like a year apart in in that range. Yeah, I think around six months or a year. And you know, with the JLib, we we basically were pulling out all the stops, like doing you know having big budget videos and um, just taking out ads everywhere. And you know, I, I was really kind of swinging for the fences. And and Dilla was like totally cool with it. Dilla's like, you know what I like about Stones Throw other than a lot of these other. Uh, indies is you guys are like you do videos and blah 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 and i you know with with doom he was like no nah, i don't want to do any of that like and so i'm thinking all right well it's it probably won't reach as many people but it's still like an, an album i'm very proud of and you know but but the opposite happened and and also just you know there are no choruses it was just like each song was more or less just straight rhymes and, and beat. wait and so did and did mad villainy end up doing better than yeah, Villainy did a lot better than Jaleb. Sorry, wow. yeah, that, that was kind of the point that I got sidetracked. Do you, do you on, have yeah. Do you have any recollection of the rough numbers? Oh man, I ain't gonna oh, talk it's numbers. so fun to talk numbers. No, but you know what? Like, it's actually it's it's close to going gold in terms of, um, you know, because everything's like weighted now with like your yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah. streams are added and and this and, and that. And with all so, that, Mad Villainy is close to gold. It's close to gold. It probably is gold now. Now that he passed, and there's this new like you know resurgence. I mean, it's like my nephews like are like hitting me up about it. They didn't know, you know. I mean, they they didn't care or anything. Like it's like a lot of these teenage kids right now. Uh, one of my friends from high schools, her her daughter's like asking about it. Yeah, it's and gotta trying be to buy like vinyl, it's gotta you know, be like um, kids now. It's like it's almost like the Grateful Dead or some shit. You know what I mean? Like something like Pink Floyd that like. You you find it eventually, right. and you're like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's kind of yeah. I call it like AOR, like AOHH, like album. Yeah, and then like hip-hop. also like if you hear like if you're a huge Tyler fan and you hear him mention Doom or something, you you're that gonna go thing. check I mean, it yeah. out because now you can just pull it up on your phone. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Tyler, even Flying Lotus, who you know started out as an intern on Stone's Throw, like he like. You know, he's he's uh, very influential with, with the kids. Did you did you stay in contact with with Doom? 
after what after Mad Villain. I mean, I was yeah. always in contact with Doom. Um, and so what was your what was your relationship like? What was he like just as the guy, MF Doom? You know, the relationship with the guy was like he was just really a nice guy. I don't know. I mean, he was super cool. Um, you know, living with him was like he he was also very kind of quiet. So you, so people hung on every word, you know, and, and Mad Lib's all similar. So I think having them live in the same house was the only way that that album got finished. And, and Mad Villain 2, you know, like Doom was always telling me, oh, I'm 85% done, 85%. That was always like the magic number. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And, he's, and he basically sent us 11 tracks in 2009. And I was ready to, you know, try to just like finish it up at that point. And, and it was always just like, just wait for a few more songs, wait for a few more songs. And then tracks would start being on other albums, like, you know, and, and so then it was, it was kind of, I got a little frustrated and I was just like, well, you know, it's going to happen when it happens. I don't, I don't want to be like the guy to like force creativity or any of that. And then just, over the past few days, I was just thinking of the Tribe Called Quest documentary where yeah. I think it was he Chris Lighty was like, it. Yeah. give me the fucking album, you know, oh, yeah, because no, otherwise it never would have happened. And and that was kind of what yeah, happened happens with a lot, us. Man. But, yeah, Lighty yeah. was like, if I didn't snatch those items from Q-Tip, they would have never came out. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what we're gonna do with those tracks. I've been, I've been talking. We were talking to um, Doom's manager, uh, Sadiq, and you know, Sadiq was basically like all, all with the idea, but you know, we haven't like worked everything out or whatever. But I don't know. I, I mean, I have, I always have like weird feelings about doing things. Uh, after someone passed away. But. It did seem like, though, that Doom wanted to do it. it. He Like, he would get asked about it and say that it's basically done. Like, I, I totally hear what you're saying, but it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that... Granted, it hadn't happened, and there's... Uh, yeah. But at the same I, time, it, there wasn't any good reason it hadn't happened. It just hadn't happened. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just always... Was always... Um, kind of sidetracked, just doing a lot of things, you know. I mean, looking at... Like he did just a lot of stuff with a lot of different labels. Man, if the family um, or the management team or whatever are with it, I say do it because, you know that that's. Well, the tracks that we were that were done, yeah, I think just compiling them together because a lot of them actually are on YouTube right now, just like just fans leaking them and and stuff, you know. But just to have them all like in in one place together and. I, I just I'm not really a fan of like after someone dies and you like get them get their tracks and give them to people to rap on right and, and that sort of thing. But these are songs that are all they're finished, done. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I don't like yeah. what you're saying. Give the verses to other people and they like have yeah that I don't like. But putting out a project that was supposed to come out and never did, but it's ju- just that like fans want that. But I mean, yeah, I was always like, let's just do it as an EP, like while he was alive, like you know and. And there was kind of resistance, like, no, let's just wait yeah. for the album to get done. And like, you know, in hindsight, like I had a, a strong EP in 2009, but you know, I, I love albums yeah, better. Man. Yeah. Um, well, I, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping on. We wanted your voice to be a part of this. Cause obviously the mad, the mad yeah. villainy, the mad villainy part of 
the Doom story is hands down one of his biggest and, and best moments. So I, I thought it was really important to have your voice. So I know the news is fresh, and we appreciate you uh, coming on and talking to us. So. Yeah, thank you so much, bro. Really appreciate it. Yeah, once again, yeah, no, I appreciate, uh, you know, the interest no, in the great. stories and stuff. Always. Thank you, yeah. Wolf. All right. Take care, Take man. Care, there he right. is, Peanut Butter Wolf, Stone's Throw. I, I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. I want to go listen to a lot of Doom music right now. Now, you listened to a little bit this week leading up to this, and did any of it strike you or no? <sighs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm a I'm a in-pocket guy. Yeah, you're I'm a pocket guy. You pocket love pockets. Guy. And I, 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 I love Mad Lib Beats. The rhymes were good. It was just like, here, here's the thing. I don't. First of all, I don't like listening to music when you're when you're trying to listen to it for a reason. So I was staring yes. at the bump box, like, okay, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Give pick create the perfect scenario to play MF Doom records. Where does it perfect scenario? Perfect scenario. You, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, I got it. Um, you're hanging out uh-huh. with a waitress. She's okay, wearing a Wu Tang shirt. Like what? She just you, you picked okay. her up as she got off. She's uh-huh. wearing her Wu Tang shirt. She's right. counting her money. She's like, "Yo, do you roll a blunt right. for me? You brought a blunt, right?" You're like, uh-huh. "Yo, you know I brought a blunt." You pull over into like the on the side of the yeah. road or by a parking lot, and she starts hitting the blunt as uh-huh. she's counting uh-huh. her money. And she's got some right, tiggle right. bitties. And while she's smoking the blunt, counting her money, and she's like, yo, I want to be in a zone right now. You're like, hmm, all right, let me try Wait, to set this, was, the, was the, the right radio tone on? right here. Like the radio was on. What you, This is now? This is current Yeah, the radio's day. on. So the radio's yeah, on. Yeah, the radio's like, on right now. Little baby. She's like, I yeah, don't want to hear the, the baby. Playing. What are you? Yeah. And you're, she's, you're like, oh, my bad. Sorry. And you hit this instead. And she's like, oh, okay. She hits that blunt. Living off borrowed time, the clock tick faster. That'll be the hour they knock the slick blaster. Dick dastardly and muttly with sick laughter. A gunfight and they come to cut the mix master. I see E. Cole, nice to be old. Why two G Steve twice to threefold? He sold scrolls low what and fast food is this? Because she works at a um She's tired. It's a, it's of a the pizza spot place. She but works at. She doesn't want to eat that anymore. She wants to go. Yeah, she doesn't want pizza. Smoking blunt. Pulled over parking lot. That's playing. Where are we going? Might be Sonic. <laughs> oh, you stood up. I didn't you even think it as son, because you don't get out the car in Sonic. Yeah, that's right. Bring the tots to Roller me. Roller skate your fucking bitch ass over here with some tots. <laughs> oh man, this was a fucking great, 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 great class into into. MF Doomville. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.